This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hello and welcome to the programme. Whether you've been with us before or if this is your first time, I hope you get something out of it. Today we're going to start with some meditation. If you were with us last time, you may remember that we ended the program with a meditation by Jack Cornfield on sound. Earlier, he'd spoken about three aspects of awareness that we can use to develop concentration and insight. Absorption, to the point where subject and object disappear. Ordinary awareness, in which everything is merely observed openly and without identification. And infinite spaciousness, in which everything arising is allowed to float through the infinite dimension of pure awareness. To demonstrate, Cornfield ended with a meditation on pure listening to sound, and I thought it would be nice to start our program today with that meditation, which we partly described last week. But now, before we go any further, let's take a moment to think about motivation. Why are we participating in the program today? Is it for some small purpose, like passing time, or the wish to appear to be a good Buddhist in others' eyes? Is it to build positive potential, so that we can have a peaceful death and a comfortable coming life? Or is it to attain freedom from all suffering, and help others free themselves from all suffering also? As I've said before, the first motivation, just concerned with benefit in this life, is not a valid Buddhist motivation. So it's best to avoid or transform it. The second is the least kind of motivation we can call Buddhist. And the third, bodhicitta, is the greatest, as it intends to benefit the most number of beings possible. So let's try to have that motivation, even if it's a bit fake at this stage. With enough practice, it will eventually become genuine and vastly helpful to ourselves as well as others. So let's try to have that kind of motivation, to attain enlightenment not only for ourselves, but so that we can help all others as well. Thank you. Now, if you're driving on some highway somewhere listening to this, please don't try to do the meditation. Wait until you get home. Otherwise, you might find you're concentrating on some space you never expected to find yourself in at this time of life. But if you're in a place where meditation is easy, please sit comfortably and at ease. Due to the idiosyncrasies of our computer, there must be sound to record or the device goes into sleep mode. Therefore, I will have to play as quietly as possible some music in the quiet periods. But try not to be captured by the music, but just see it as part of the soundscape which has so many other sounds in it as well. Here we go. Jack Cornfield says, Let your body be at rest and your breathing be natural. Close your eyes. Take several full breaths and let each release gently. Allow yourself to be still.
Now shift awareness away from the breath. Begin to listen to the play of sounds around you. Notice those that are loud and soft, far and near. Just listen. Notice how all sounds arise and vanish, leaving no trace. Listen for a time in a relaxed, open way. As you listen, let yourself sense or imagine that your mind is not limited to your head. Sense that your mind is expanding to be like the sky, open, clear, vast like space. There is no inside or outside. Let the awareness of your mind extend in every direction like the sky. Now the sounds you hear will arise and pass away in the open space of your own mind. Relax in this openness and just listen.
Let the sounds that come and go, whether far or near, be like clouds in the vast sky of your own awareness. The play of sounds moves through the sky, appearing and disappearing without resistance. As you rest in this open awareness, notice how thoughts and images also arise and vanish like sounds. Let the thoughts and images come and go without struggle or resistance. Pleasant and unpleasant thoughts, pictures, words and feelings move unrestricted in the space of mind. Problems, possibilities, joys and sorrows come and go like clouds in the clear sky of mind. After a time, let this spacious awareness notice the body. 
become aware of how the sensations of breath and body float and change in the same open sky of awareness. The breath breathes itself. It moves like a breeze. The body is not solid. It is felt as areas of hardness and softness, pressure and tingling, warm and cool sensation, all floating in the space of the mind's awareness. Let the, breathe, breath, let the breath move like a breeze. Rest in this openness. Let sensations float and change. Allow all thoughts and images, feelings and sounds to come and go, like clouds in the clear open space of awareness. Finally, pay attention to the awareness itself. Notice how the open space of awareness is naturally clear, transparent, timeless and without conflict, allowing all things but not limited by them. The Buddha said, O nobly born, remember the pure open sky of your own true nature. Return to it, trust it, it is home.
Jack Cornfield ends the meditation with, May the blessings of these practices awaken your own inner wisdom and inspire your compassion. And through the blessings of your heart, may the world find peace. So, please come out of meditation. Now, what is your mind like? How different is it, even after this short meditation, from the mind continuously entranced by the colors, shapes, shake, rattle and roll of your smartphone, or your iPad, or your computer? Can you notice the difference? Last week, we used Jack Cornfield's talk and meditation in response to an article by Professor Adam Gasly on the distracted mind. Professor Gasly says that under the spell of social media and a delusion of information, we've become more sensitive to what he called the bottom-up force that grabs at our attention and which he says is, and I quote, a primitive source of influence on our behavior. It is ruled by salient, unexpected, dramatic, sudden and novel events that reflexively command our attention. At its most basic, bursts of light, sounds and vibrations but also hearing your name uttered quietly behind you. We have no choice but to pay attention to them, even if we're trying to direct our mental resources elsewhere. Consequently, we're finding it more and more difficult to access what he calls the top-down force, which is, and again I quote, the influence that our goals have on our behavior. It is what allows us to direct our limited cognitive resources to where, when and what we decide deserves our consideration. Top-down allows us to deliberately direct our attention to what we choose as relevant and then sustain that focus over time, even if the content may be boring. Now that's Professor Adam Gasly. Now bombarded by the great flood of information and ruled by enticing smart devices, we are increasingly governed by the bottom-up force. Professor Gasly says we need to take control of our minds and attention. And that, from a Buddhist perspective, means making room for meditation, and hence Jack Cornfield. Now all this came about through a slogan quoted in the text we are following, that's mind training like the rays of the sun. The trained mind retains control even when distracted, is the slogan. And although the mind training text was written hundreds of years ago, the slogan is more relevant today than ever. And that's because of our information overload, instantaneous worldwide communication, and the magic of smart devices. What power all that has to distract us, if we let it. Somehow, we have to be able to turn away from it for at least a while every day and focus on our internal world. It's interesting that the commentary to this slogan particularly mentions monitoring our reaction when we get into distressful situations, like being criticized or mocked. Namkar Pal says, If immediately the thought arises, May this person who is belittling me be blessed with enlightenment, then we know that our mind training has been successful. It's like the old man in Japan who was hobbling along the road, when a samurai warrior going in the same direction came barreling along on his horse. Contemptuous of all others on the road, this warrior didn't care if he rode them down. So when he reached the old man, the old fellow had to jump out of the way into the ditch on the side of the road. Picking himself up, he dusted himself off, shouting, 
May all your wishes be fulfilled. May you gain great happiness and peace. A bystander was amazed at the old man, thinking, of course, that he would have cursed the warrior. So he asked the old man, That warrior was so rude and dangerous, you could have been killed. How could you wish him well? The old man looked at the bystander and said, Well, if all his wishes were fulfilled and he was peaceful and happy, he would have no reason to rush headlong along the road so that old men like me have to jump into a ditch. Now that is keeping your mind training going even when distracted, don't you think? But we may not be quite so focused as the old man. Most of us will still have to deal with the anger that arises when we are criticized, even though we may not react outwardly. I often quote Thich Nhat Hanh, and here I am going to do so again. When working for all those who were suffering in the Vietnam War, Thich Nhat Hanh and his peaceful followers were criticized by both sides in the war. Not only were they criticized, but they were regarded as traitors and enemies and many were killed. Out of those terrible times, Thich Nhat Hanh continued to forge a mind of peace through intense mindfulness. So he really knows what he's talking about in controlling the mind. This is what he says about anger and so on and how we can transform it through the training in mindfulness, love and compassion. He says, Anger is an internal formation and since it makes us suffer, we try our best to get rid of it. Psychologists like the expression, getting it out of your system, and they speak about venting anger like ventilating a room filled with smoke. Some psychologists say that when the energy of anger arises in you, you should ventilate it by hitting a pillow, kicking something, or by going into the forest to yell and shout. As a kid, you were not supposed to say certain swear words. Your parents may not have allowed you to say these words because they are harmful, they damage relationships. So you went into the woods or to an isolated place and shouted these words very clearly, very strongly, in order to relieve the feeling of oppression. This is also venting. People who use venting techniques like hitting a pillow or shouting are actually rehearsing anger. When someone is angry and vents their anger by hitting a pillow, they are learning a dangerous habit, they are training an aggression. Instead, we generate the energy of mindfulness and embrace anger every time it manifests. Treating anger with tenderness and mindfulness does not fight anger or despair. Mindfulness is there in order to recognize. To be mindful of something is to recognize that something is there in the present moment. Mindfulness is the capacity of being aware of what is going on in the present moment. Breathing in, I know that anger has manifested in me. Breathing out, I smile towards my anger. This is not an act of suppression or of fighting. It is an act of recognizing. Once we recognize our anger, we embrace it with a lot of awareness, a lot of tenderness. When it is cold in your room, you turn on the heater, and the heater begins to send out waves of hot air. The cold air doesn't have to leave the room for the room to become warm. The cold air is embraced by the hot air and becomes warm. There is no fighting at all between them. We practice taking care of our anger in the same way. Mindfulness recognizes anger, is aware of its presence, accepts and allows it to be there. Mindfulness is like a big brother who does not suppress his younger brother's suffering. He simply says, Dear brother, I am here for you. You take your younger brother in your arms and you comfort him. This is exactly our practice. Imagine a mother getting angry with her baby and hitting him when he cries. That mother does not know that she and her baby are one. 
We are mothers of our anger, and we have to help our baby, our anger, not fight and destroy it. Our anger is us, and our compassion is also us. To meditate does not mean to fight. In Buddhism, the practice of meditation should be the practice of embracing and transforming, not of fighting. To grow the tree of enlightenment, we must make good use of our afflictions, our suffering. It is like growing lotus flowers. We cannot grow a lotus on marble. We cannot grow a lotus without mud. Practitioners of meditation do not discriminate against or reject their internal formations. We do not transform ourselves into a battlefield, good fighting evil. We treat our afflictions, our anger, our jealousy, with a lot of tenderness. When anger comes up in us, we should begin to practice mindful breathing right away. Breathing in, I know that anger is in me. Breathing out, I am taking good care of my anger. We behave exactly like a mother. Breathing in, I know that my child is crying. Breathing out, I will take good care of my child. This is the practice of compassion. And that is the mind training of Thich Nhat Hanh. But now we must say farewell for our time together is up. I hope you enjoyed and got something out of the meditation. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you'll do so again next week. Please dedicate all the positive potential from the program to gaining enlightenment for the benefit of all beings as we usually do. Thank you and may the blessings of the Triple Gem be always with you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.